Welcome to this edition of Hold My Clipboard. I am always as your host, Chris King. With me is my co-host, Tori Dugan. And we are brought to you by Nara Studios and our executive producer, Kim Caparel. Great job, Tori. And me, of course, wearing my Second Bounce t-shirt uh, done by Twofold Films, Kim Capriel, Jesse Mann, which they are shopping right now worldwide. Um, they did a great job. Of Buy doing the it. doc. Yeah, good job of filming this doc. So we're hoping it uh, it picks up soon here. Uh, episode number seven for us. Also, shout out to Synergy Credit Union. Yes. Yeah. Couldn't wouldn't have, have made, wouldn't have been possible without them. So. Yeah. Tori's, Tori's on it today. Yeah. Yeah. Episode seven. We got Nathan Ruff, St. Mary's men's basketball coach head coach of the lightning um we also have clayton nielsen uh, medicine hat rattlers women's head coach uh two programs at different stages right now uh st mary's men's coming off a silver medal being a national championships a first for their program they're really on the rise right now and uh clayton nielsen coming off an over year with the rattlers but they are looking to slowly climb back to where they were a few years ago pre-covid so uh tori what are you looking forward to about these two conversations St. Mary's, yeah, they obviously didn't get a win at Nationals, but I think that was huge for them to be able to experience that. Uh, they don't have, I don't think, any of their key components that are fifth years. I think they have the possibility to return uh, all of their key components. Obviously, Brock Dewberry, who was an All-Canadian, and a couple of other pieces there that, yeah, were really huge for them. So I'm really looking forward to hearing um, the conversation about the St. Mary's Lightning men's team and then Clayton Nielsen, Medicine Hat, yeah, obviously 0-21 record. A um, little bit of a tough year for them. Medicine Hat is usually, I'm expecting them to pick it up because they're usually one of the stronger teams in the South. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to hearing about those two teams. All right, well, let's get right into our interview with Nathan Ruff, St. Mary's men's Lightning head coach. Welcome back to Hold My Clipboard. On this episode, we have the men's head coach from St. Mary's University Lightning and the director of athletics and recreation, Nathan Ruff. How you doing, Nathan? I'm great. Thanks for having me, guys. I hope I got everything in on the bio there. It's a mouthful for me. And St. Mary's is like one of our, Steve makes us just a rival with St. Mary's all the time. So it's, uh, it's great to talk on the men's side where we don't have to go back and forth about how good Steve's team is. So we're talking about how good your men's team is, and uh, you guys are coming off quite an exciting year uh, where you guys finished strong. You guys finished third in the ACAC South um, and made a heck of a run in playoffs and lost the ACAC final to a very, very good state team and got your first dance to a national championship last year. So um, Tori and I have a ton of questions. Now, year six head coaching, seven counting COVID. Yep. Is that right? Um, going into seven or eight, whatever we want to call it. Yeah. I always tell our secretary, I'm just like, it's, it's 15 or 16, just put down one of the numbers. So, you know, I might've been stuck for a couple of years. Um, no, we're super pumped to talk to you about the, the jump that your program's made. And, and I think it's credit to the work that you're putting in and we're seeing this, you know, St. Mary's program on the rise. The first thing I want to talk about before we get into the season is as a player, I want to play for you. 25 threes a game in regular season. I think in postseason, you guys amped it up to almost 40 threes a game. Talk to me about the style of play. You guys sling it and sling it from all over, and I love it. Tell me how yeah, you came I mean, across this. I mean, it just kind of adapted over over time with the guys that you have, and as our, our talent in our gym, I guess, continued to rise and grow, and, and this is a testament to the guys and the work that they've put in. Um, 
we recognize that the style of game has changed uh, and is changing. And so we want possessions. We want to get up and down the floor quick. We want to take a good quality shot in 10 seconds. And I don't really care where it comes from. <laughs> right? So if we can get it up and we can get a good look and we can get a good swing to an open look, if we can get an inside out to one of our shooters all day, any paint touch to a kick out, we're looking to put that up. Um, we've got strong guard play. We've, we've had those guys that are there and we've got guys that can, that can fill it. Um, so it's fun. It's fun to coach. It's fun to be part of, um, the age old, you know, story of, you can live by the three and die by the three can, can come hurt you sometimes. Um, but that goes back to, like I said, the work that the guys have put in and I've got a lot of confidence in each of the guys in my program. Um, they've practiced these shots. They're doing it over and over again. So when they've got those looks, we want it to go. Well, and you know, we had this talk, I think it was in Montana actually after one of the games and we were talking about styles of play and uh, you said almost exactly for verbatim what you said there is if we have a good available shot, we're going to take it. And with you guys, I believe you guys shot 39% or something like that from three last year. Um, threes are worth more than twos, Tori, just so we're Love clear. layups like threes. Love layups like threes. That, that's our philosophy. These guys love threes like layups. Yeah. Um, but it, it does keep you in any game and it actually especially on the men's side, gives you the chance to blow open leads. And and I feel like watching on the ACC men, that three ball is almost like a dunk sometimes, the, the way the energy goes. Um, and you guys obviously rode that throughout the year. Tell us kind of how that season went about um, from start to finish, because you probably knew, okay, we, we are growing, we're making this progress, we're becoming one of the strong teams in the ACC South. Um was there anything that caught you off guard or surprised you about the season or did it kind of go as you expected? Yeah, I mean, I think it's, I mean, it's to be expected a little bit. I mean, this is one of these things where we see the schedule change and we, uh, we're now playing in the North then we're playing teams in the North and we're, you know, changed up how that goes. And so there's different travel aspects to the game that can, um, affect I guess the guys and their confidence or playing in a gym they haven't seen before and and that can kind of change some of those things but what I can tell you and I'm, I'm really proud to be part of the ECAC is every night it's a battle and every team is so good so I wouldn't say that I was ever surprised let's say by an opponent um they're all prepared They've all got game plans. They've got talent on each team that we need to be careful, that we need to have our game plans on, uh, that we do our best, obviously, to to obviously give challenges to those other teams and be prepared for their, um, you know, their best players and their options and their sets. So, you know, from an opponent's point of view, I wouldn't say that there was anything that surprised me because over the years I think I've learned that if you don't play a good game of basketball in ACAC men's basketball, if you're not there for 40 minutes um 35 minutes you're gonna lose it at the end you're not gonna be in it um and that's pretty exciting so that's fun i mean growing this program it's kind of been a labor of love is we've been watching it grow over time progressively getting better and watching our teams um obviously have more success in that win category each year um and so i knew you know, the first semester, I think, is another thing that I've learned that you've got to do your work early 
in this league. And so when we finished five and two in the first semester and we had a, that tough road trip where the two losses, so Keanu and then down to Lakeland the next day, we kind of knew that those were going to be tough. I mean, nobody ever wants to lose a game. We don't coach to lose games. It's okay to lose one every once in a while. Um, but finishing five and two in that first semester, I felt comfortable saying, okay, we put ourselves in a position to continue and to succeed as we get to the end and reach our goals. And, and we were pretty close. I mean, 14 and seven um, was right there. I think our target when we talked about it as a team was 16, right? So we wanted to get to 16 this year. Um, we put ourselves in a good position from a draw perspective. So we got the right draw going into the ACAC championships. Um, I was so happy about that. And we had a good game plan with the teams that we were going to see. Uh, we had to play those playing games, which is one of the things I actually wanted to avoid. That's why we wanted to get to 16. We wanted to get to two, um, one or two. But, you know, and, and those teams that had to play in the playing games, Red Deer and Medicine Hunt, so dangerous. Yeah, they could beat anyone, those two teams. Oh, my God. So dangerous. So I think, like, I mean, we only got Red Deer by three right in that playing game. I mean, it was... It, it just shows how close it is. It's it's that good. And, they're, and they are very good. So, you know, we didn't want to be in that game, but we knew... That was the game in front of us. That was the team in front of us. We had to go. And so that just kind of lined up and it worked well. And it was a battle. It was great. And I'm so pleased. And the guys did so great. So proud to coach these guys and, and to see them succeed the way that they did and the way that we did was was kind of a testament to the work that they've put in and the year that we've had and, and the years, I should say, before that that we've had. Yeah. Uh, going back to first semester, so as you said, you had a tough road trip at Fort McMurray and in Lloydminster. So the game against the Huskies, it went down quite heavy, uh, 34-point game. Yep. But then eight, at Lakeland, eight-point game. After that, came out with three straight dubs before going to Montana. You guys faced a couple of teams in the States. Talk about the difference, the maybe difference of style of play or the difference in competition between... Uh, ACAC teams or CCAA teams in general and teams in the States. Hmm. It's a different basketball game. <laughs> uh, different rules. Sure, different rules. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I think for me, I mean, that's a good question, Tori. I mean, the level of competition in the States, they're just, they're disciplined. They're smart. Their basketball IQ is through the roof. And then they have athletics to boot. Um, or athletes to boot, they they really can move and defend and play, and they're smart. They don't make poor decisions, and they'll beat you because they'll prey on those weak decisions that you make in in kind of turn. Um, and and they're incredibly skilled. So it's um, and it's a different game there, like the. And when I say it like that, I mean, it's the way that they train, the way that they practice, the way that um, they demand a certain type of excellence. And as much as I want to bring that to my program, uh, sometimes we just can't do it the same way. And we don't have the the same level of um, 
facilities, time, money, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but the difference, one of the big differences, and this maybe is to what we spoke to before, is they don't play with the pace that we played. So we tried to kind of push that pace. Um, and we had some success down there doing it. But I had my starting point guard, my starting center, and my starting three men at home because they couldn't travel down. Um, they also had border issues, Tori. Not just, yeah. it wasn't just us. Right. Right. So two of those guys couldn't come across with their visas. And one of the guys got stuck in Vancouver with that silly snowstorm that was there. So, so when, you, when you don't travel three of your starters down there, I mean, it, that's, that's gonna, that's going to play a role. Um, and, but it was, uh, for me, the experience of getting to play in the States, getting to play those programs to see the quality of athlete, the IQ of that athlete, uh, I think is a wonderful experience for our guys. And I, and I hope that that helped set us up for the second semester. I mean, we had a pretty tough start with Sate right after they reloaded. Um, we had Leftbridge in there who obviously finished number one. You know, we had some pretty heavy competition staring us in the face in that second semester. And then you go right into that playoff battle. It was, it was heavy. So going back on the Lethbridge losses. So you, your squad won in preseason against yeah. Lethbridge, the one game, and then went down by six the second game. But then during the season, you guys didn't beat them. Um, and then you got to playoffs. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> You'd lost, you got swept your last two games of the season, one in overtime by one point and one against Nate by one point. Not sure how you managed two sweeps, both lost by one point. Um, but anyway, it happened. And you have your playing game. And as you mentioned, you got through a good Red Deer team by three. And then you face Lakeland in the quarterfinals. Down 10 or 12 with a few, three, four minutes to go. What changed within that time for you guys to get that win? Well, I'd like to tell you that it was some inspirational speech by me and that I did all of the great things, but I think the players finally got to a point. Um, we had a timeout. I think it was about four minutes to play. And I just kind of said to the guys, I said, what are you waiting for? Yeah. You know what to do and you know how to do it. Go out and get I trust it. you. Just go get it done. Yeah. Were you that calm? No. Okay. I was like, <laughs> if you said that, that calm, I, I'm going to be chotting down notes. No, there's no way. Um, <laughs> and I'm probably not remembering it word for word, but it was along the lines of, you've got this, you know what to do. We've been here before and we know what we want to get out of this. Um, and we were able to keep the pressure up and then we were able to get out and run and get some quality opportunities. And there was a pretty monstrous dunk that really lifted our guys up and got the energy. Uh, I mean, that gym was, we talk about the challenges of every institution, um, you know, and, and we all have our, our issues. I mean, same areas, we don't have a gym, right? So we know it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Ambrose, yet, yet. No gym, no problem. <laughs> Very fun. Um, 
That's great. But what I loved about that gym in Ambrose was the energy was electric. And that space was electric. And that made for a amazing atmosphere for the games that were held there in that space. And so that gym just erupted, obviously, after that, that dunk and that finish by John Paul. And, you know, just that alone, I think, changes the tide of a game a little bit. And that was that that extra push down the stretch that just gave the guys all the confidence in the world that they had this, that it was going, you know, and, and for a shooting team, confidence is, is like that, that spinach, right? Popeye spinach. And it just lets you go. And, and we got going and it was great. Then you faced Lethbridge. Yeah. Team that I took care of you. Not, too easily, but a 13 and a nine point game in the games that they did beat you in regular season. You guys shot almost 50% from the field that game, 40% from the three, and 85% from the free throw line. NBA numbers there. There's a pretty legit stats there, but fast forward to this game, you guys took care of business and took care of them really well. Uh, you won three out of the four quarters. In the fourth quarter, you only lost by three. What was the mentality going into that game? Especially, I know how hard it is as a player going in against a team that had swept you in season. I personally, I'm quite negative at times. I'm like, oh, damn, we're playing a team that we just got swept by. How's the mentality of the group going in and facing the same team in playoffs? How did your team face that? Well, I mean, I think, so this is that, that superpower. So our, we had a lot of confidence as odd as it might sound. Um, the guys and, and coach Hagee runs a phenomenal program and they are so well coached and they were prepared and they are a great team. And, and I mean, they even took care of business the next day. Um, and they got their medal out of playoffs. And so. You know, I don't want to take anything away from them. Our guys, I just know, um, they felt good. They felt comfortable. They felt confident with the matchups, with who they were playing, with our game plan. Um, That win from the night before fuels the next day. And it was kind of one of those ones where it just lined up the right way for us, right? Uh, we, We knew what we wanted to do, how we wanted to do it. We had practiced it. We were able to plan for it, right? We had seen them, so we were comfortable in that sense. Um, I mean, those two games that we lost in season, as any coach is, I wasn't very happy about those two losses. Um, And they stick with you. And so you come back saying, I want them one more time. So I think that's where the guys took it. That's how I felt going into it. I wasn't happy with how we finished. Our season play with them I wasn't finished with the game you know the game that we had played and I wanted our rematch I wanted one more time and and I'm glad we did and I'm glad that we drew them and and then the guys obviously performed played well safe to say you got your revenge yeah um, and then yeah obviously you guys fell short of the gold medal lost by 10 to state state being six-time ACAC champs but then you look at that game you guys did shoot poorly 30, 31% from the field and 23% from three. I mean, 
you shoot the numbers you did live before. It, live totally different game. Live it, die. <laughs> but yeah, uh, get your nationals berth and I'll let Chris talk about yeah. National. Okay, so I want to back it up. The your semifinal was at the six or the eight o'clock game. Six o'clock. So you didn't know that Sate and Keanu. So for everyone that's listening, we've kind of touched on this. The Sate Keanu, uh, Sate added a lot of players after Christmas, and, and Coach uh, Matt's going to be on later to talk about that. And Keanu obviously was the juggernaut in the North. Uh, just the way it ended, they matched up in the semifinal. You guys ended up with Lethbridge. Um. So at that point, it's interesting to me because I think it's really hard to beat a team three times. Uh, I I don't care who it is. Um, but as a coach in the league, sometimes it's worse to sweep a team before playoffs. Because uh, once again, I know Heggie very well, a great coach, but uh, I'm sure you're pissed off after the loss. And I'm sure you watched more tape than normal saying, what can we do? What can we tinker just a little bit um, before that? So Sometimes that does give a little bit of fuel, but without knowing the state implications, um, you guys just, your mindset was just, we got to win. We got to win provincials to get to nationals. That was the mindset. Yeah. Absolutely. So what, what what happened when you watched, obviously you're in the gym, you watched the state piano game go down. Can you talk to me about that before we get to nationals? Like how that feeling was? Because that had to be surreal. Yeah. I'm, uh, well, the... <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's an Instagram story and feed if you guys can find it out there i don't know if it still exists or not um but the gym was crazy so the atmosphere was out of this world there was not a place to sit or stand um for that game for that space so i ended up going up into the um vip room that ambrose had which was just like one of their like boardroom meeting rooms that looks out into the gym okay and i had watched I had to watch the game in there. Um, so I'm sitting in this window watching the game and I'm behind the benches. I'm behind Keanu's bench so I can see Jeremy and the team and and kind of see all the action kind of unfolding. And and over the course of the game, my coaches kind of came in. So I had Colin Relko, who's now at Olds, beside me and Tim Olenek, one of my assistants there, and, and Paul Bagnell there. We're watching the game. We're coming down to the the last few minutes and it's kind of surreal. You, you know what it all means and, and it, it ended and, and there was this kind of moment of, um, joy, disbelief. We're going right. Um, and it's great. And it was a great moment. It's uh, one of those special moments that I'll, I'll remember for a long time and somebody actually caught it on video. So I challenge you to find it. Yeah, we need to track. Or, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll get we'll get Kim on that. <laughs> so so you guys watch it. You know you're going to nationals at this point. For and before we get to that national tournament, uh, Tori, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. So one of my things is teaching Tori the ropes here of head coaching. So Nathan, not only being essentially the athletic supervisor, management of athletics, but also the head coach, he choosing to go to nationals for the first time when it's hosted by Calgary. He probably saved his institution about $40,000. So that probably should be put into a pay raise for him. If you want me to speak to the dean or your president, um, that's a that's a huge win for the institution. But you guys win. You get to stay at home. You get to sleep in your own beds. You're going to Nationals. It's your first trip there, which is exciting as all get out. Talk to me about what you saw at Nationals. Um, we, we can talk about the games if you want, but being there, I think, 
I had uh, Dave Taylor from University of Regina once told me, um, stop thinking about beating teams, only think about beating the best team to win. Yeah. And, and that really changed my mindset. When you guys got there, what did you see at Nationals that was different than the ACAC playing in that tournament? A regular ACAC team, I would say. Well, I mean, first and foremost, nobody at that tournament is a regular ACAC team. <laughs> fair point, fair point. Um they're fantastic. They have got, you know, and, and I think this is the CCAA produces phenomenal basketball. It's great basketball and it's great talent um, across the board. And so I think, you know, you walk into that day and, and that Jamis was held it, it's held at UFC. Um, so they were holding, say it was hosting it at UFC. So now you're playing in this venue um, that's not a regular ACAC jam either right um so you've got these you've got all these kind of things and it's kind of we'll call it the big show if you want to call it that or not um but it was just this opportunity to walk in and and see things done at a different kind of level and kudos to sate for putting on a, a phenomenal tournament uh it was fun it was exciting um and you bring all of these different people this this common group of athletes that love the sport that we do and they're there to compete and they're there to win. And it doesn't matter what team it is. They're there to win every single night and they're there to play every single second. And, you know, I think one of the things that, that I, you know, everything's kind of a learning piece is in the ACAC from time to time, you can get away with, you know, a few minutes of bad basketball. We could not. Not there, not with that talent, not with those opponents. You needed to play 40 minutes start to finish. Your game plans needed to be on point. Um, you needed to know who those players were, the ability to defend. Uh, we had some pretty prolific scores, and we had some guys and some opponents that we faced in the ACAC that could really lock down a guy. Right. You know, and teams could put the clamps down on one guy, but with the team that we had built, there was others that we could go to that could could fill it up. And uh, I remember we played St. Clair in that first match, and they're good. <laughs> St. Clair was uh, a special team. I, I feel like they had a had a tough draw, uh, yep. um, and I don't think that they finished as good as I think they could have. But a, a lot of kudos to those guys. They had a, a couple tough games, and and I think they were class acts the whole way through. Um, but I remember in the second half, we came out and they made an adjustment. And not only did they lock down Brock Dewsbury, who's our CCAA All-Canadian, um, but then they went out and put an extreme athlete on Avery Armbrister, who was my fifth-year guard, that is one of the best athletes I've ever coached and ability to score like nobody else I've ever coached. And they have these two unbelievable defending athletic guards that can just lock them down. And man, did it make our life impossible. Yeah. And that was just the first night, right? I mean, we go the second night in a shootout with VIU. I think it was 63-61 at halftime. Oh, yeah, they're a high-scoring team. <laughs> you right? score to play with them, yeah. Right? 
and then and then they step it up defensively in the second and they had that ability to do it too with some great play and i mean that was this that was the story i mean man can they defend and play a great game there and score at the same time and sometimes i think we see a difference of you've got a team that can really lock down and defend but maybe they don't score it the same way and i'll tell you at the ccaa they can do it both they can do it all and and they're real good well, and it, it's such a difference having multiple options that can score. And I know Tori wants to touch on some of some of the highlight spots for you guys as individual players throughout the year. So I'll let, I'll let Tori touch on those guys. So you had your starting five played heavy minutes all year, mostly around the 26 to 37, spread out around the, those minute marks. Going to Nationals kind of spoke before the show about your guys starting to feel it a little bit with them getting tired. Did you see more from the successful teams, more depth across the chart throughout that tournament? It's, it's a great question. So I actually looked into this. I had one of my assistants look into it and I can't pull it up this quick. I'd love to give you the stats. Um, everybody played in the CCAA tournament. They played eight consistently. Right. So eight guys, consistent minutes. Um, and then depending on the games and situations, then they would open up and get some other guys onto the floor. Um, so we definitely played our top six heavy. Yeah. Uh, and I'd like to say that we did a decent job of seven and eight, but probably not as good as I'd like to. I think that comes down to this, this confidence piece where you feel comfortable and confident as a coach. And it's not that I don't feel confident in my guys and my players in all 12, 13, 14, whatever my roster is. Um, they're there for a reason. Our team is there for a reason. I think that in season, we could have done a little bit better job managing minutes um, in one breath. But on the flip side we were successful with the minutes and the wins and the outcome with the minutes that we did play. Um, so this is just part of the game. And so one of the things that I've done consciously this summer is we've changed what our off season training looks like and we've reduced some of that and we've brought it back a little bit because it is a long season and I have every intention of being back at the national stage, just like I would hope every coach does. Heck yeah. But I want to make sure that we set ourselves up for success to get there. And so we did. We played so hard and so great um, in the ACAC championships. Um, and it's so proud of the guys for that, right? We had that playing game, tough battle against Red Deer, then another one with um, Lakeland. And, and then we you know, played a really good game against Leftbridge. But, man, they still played us real tough. And I thought we were in that game with Sate as bad as we shot it. We were right there still. Um, but again, that's kind of where, you you know, those four battle-type games, it took it, took it out of us a little bit. And so that two weeks before Nationals, we definitely had to be prepared uh, a different way and prepare a different way. Um, so I don't know if I'd change it outright, but I want to be more conscious of it this year. And we recruited specifically, I think, to try and do that for us to be more, well, and it, a more depth. 
Yeah, it's such a debate. Like before you get onto those guys, because I would say a flaw of mine towards that we've discussed this as well. Um, in those games, you get up. Um, I play a lot of bench, and we sub ten pretty regular, and I try to play eleven and twelve as much as possible first semester, almost all the time. And I think sometimes your players don't really know the sub pattern. So as you narrow it down, the last couple of games before playoffs, or even in the playoffs, when you whether you go seven, eight, or nine. You know, shoot, I've seen Avery win with six. Um, you know, when you narrow it down, then all of a sudden game one of playoffs, guys or girls are like, what the heck, why am I, why am I not going in, right? So I, I, there's merit on both sides of that. And uh, I don't think as coaches we ever find the perfect way because we are always going to second guess ourselves what whatever we do in that situation, right? So I think when you have the horses and you guys had the horses, you kind of got to ride them. Like you, you got to ride them. And they took, they took you guys there. Yeah, and I think there's a there's a learning aspect to it. I mean, I've kind of always said this, and it's something that I kind of stick by is is the day that I don't feel like I'm learning something is the day I should probably retire. No, true. So there's a there's a lot to learn from each of these games and and each of these situations in each year, and we've tried to obviously make adjustments and tweaks to that. Um, and no one formula is perfect. Everybody's going to find their own way to do it. So, you know what. I like what we did and how we did it. I like the group that we had. We had to use them a certain way. Um, I think, Chris, you bring up a really good point. If I would have gone a lot deeper, I question how bought in some of the guys would have been because they would have got on the floor if they weren't feeling like they were getting their minutes. And they might have tried to take over the game, which could have had a negative effect on us too. Um, yeah. So I'd like to say it's all sunshine and rainbows all the time, but sometimes it's managing those egos and managing our and our guys and making sure that they understand why we do what we do. And 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 I think we did it. I mean, I want to say I did a good job with it. We did a good job with it. But uh, who knows? Speak for itself. Results speak for itself. I'll tell you that. So going back to individuals, I could go on about a lot of your guys because some of these numbers are crazy. So without going into it too much and naming names because then I'll get on a rant, but you had three guys that shot over 40% for the season, which is insane. You had... Coach's dream, by the way. Three different guys that shot 123s or more. But what stands out to me is Brock Dewsbury shot 56.3% from the field and 43% from three. It's obviously an all-Canadian for a reason. You guys ended up having three all-conference players, Brock being the first team, and then you had Avery Brister and John Paul Okadua as second-team All-Stars. I have to ask, was Caleb Jip also gypped from an all-conference player? <laughs> I know you can only nominate three. I, I understand that. We'll make it into a rules conversation. You also got a guy that averaged sixteen, almost 16 points a game as well. Had to have three guys that are all conference players plus a fourth guy to average that i mean come on that's what was it like to coach four guys like that first of all um it's a lot it's a lot more challenging than you'd probably think um but let's i want to give a huge shout out to caleb he is the heart of our program um so i'm trying to think of it makes me emotional to watch a guy that's as good as he is 
to give in to this team and this program the way that he did. So I would say in my personal opinion, he absolutely got robbed of a conference <laughs> vote. That's fair. Absolutely. You can say <laughs> Now we have rules in the ACAC and, and we have to follow all of them. We follow them. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but Caleb made a choice and I don't think a lot of great players will do this. And this is what makes him great. He made a choice to say, I need to get these guys the ball and I'm going to give up some shots and I'm going to give up some opportunities. And he did that. And he did that selflessly for this group. Um, and so our success is built around a guy like that. Yeah. Right. And so when you have that many guys that can score like that, yes, it's a coach's dream. But it's hard, too, because we are trying to find a way to get all these ball-dominant guys the ball. Mm -hmm. And that's also part of the style of play that we need to look at is I need to get possessions, we need to get shots, and we need to get quick quality shots um, so that there's enough possessions to get them shots. Uh, and, and I think we did that well. We found a formula that works. We lose Avery, his fifth-year player, and you can't replace a, a man of that quality. Um, so we will absolutely feel that um, to the core of who we are. And then there's part of me that says, well, I don't need to, I can get the ball back to Caleb now, right? Yeah. And and I can let him do what he does. And, and he's a pretty prolific scorer himself. And Brock can continue to be Brock and John Paul can continue to be John Paul. And and so when we talk about a coach's dream, this is the coach's dream. I am, I'm living it. I'm lucky. I'm very fortunate to watch these guys give themselves to this program and build. We've always talked about roster retention. That's one of the things that St. Mary's I needed to do to be competitive. So those first years we took a beating because we needed to start kind of from the ground up and build guys in the program over time. Um, and we've done that, and now I get to watch the fruits of that where we do see an Avery leave and had an incredible career, uh, and, and again, really pleased and happy to watch that entire career and watch him his entire career um, and see what he's done. But then I get to watch another guy step right in and build that, and, and it's pretty exciting to see that. So, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's hard. It's a lot of conversations in the background. It's a lot of um, trying to make sure guys understand and understand what we're trying to do. And, and sometimes they don't. And sometimes I don't explain it well enough. Yeah. And then you got to get back to the drawing board and try again. So as you said, you lose Avery, but you return three key players as well, which is huge. We speak about with other coaches that having experience in older teams in the ACAC is huge, especially when you can return big-time scorers as well. Um, you had a couple of younger guys, second-year players, that also averaged around six points, the nine-point mark. Uh, adding those people, keeping those people as well, sorry, and seeing them get older, obviously a big thing. But what does your off-season look like if you added anyone that maybe is going to fill a big role as well or... Yeah, how's your recruiting season been? And it's a little early to get too excited. Um, it's been strong. So we had our, out of those active 12, obviously had nine of the active 12 tell me they want to return and play. 
And then out of our, we'll call it redshirt core, I had another two that wanted to stay. So out of last year's program, I have 11 that want to return. Credit, um, credit to you if so many guys wanted to stay. That's tough. Thank you. It, the next hard part is determining who I can put in the active tool. Yeah, of course. Um, and so that's, uh, and the only way to do this and the only way that I try and do this is just to be as honest and upfront with all of them as I can. And we talk about earning their spots and we talk about their attendance and, and the work that they put in and why it matters and, and what are they doing it for. And so it's great. Um, it is an unbelievable kind of struck of the strike of good luck um, to, to see the guys want to return and and I and I hope that it's because I'm doing the right things and, and I appreciate the comments um, but we have recruited some great new players and some new additions so we've got a really strong kid Noah Steingart out of high school and this isn't something that happens too often but he's coming straight to us from Carstairs, and he is one of the better recruits I've had in my career um, at St. Mary's, which is pretty exciting to be able to kind of have that success that we did and then be able to gain some attention that we did from some of those players um, and the interest that we had. As odd as it is, I have zero imports coming in to next year's team. So everybody will be a local Calgary area kid with a couple of Vancouver guys. And it's such, such a rarity in the ACAC and it makes it even more impressive uh, having a good roster, all Canadian built. I think once again, I, hearing you speak, it just talks to the culture that you're you're growing in to see those players develop. Now, they've been pretty active on social media though. You've got, you guys have added a few. Um, is there any late surprises that we might see later in the summer? You probably don't have to drunk. name names. You don't, to, you don't have to name names. It's like me. I keep, you know, we're hosting nationals. I keep waiting for these. Everyone tells me all these players are going to knock on your door coming for nationals. Yeah, zero. Zero yeah. people. So, you know. So, I mean, I think this is one of the things. So, our our admissions window is closing pretty soon. Right. So, I don't have a lot left. Um, we did recruit, I think I have seven-ish new players. Um that will be joining the program. And I think this is one of the things that COVID has done, which is a little different than it used to be when I started, is I'm holding a bigger program roster than I ever used to. And so I have about 18 or 19 that will finish or that will be in our program is what we're projecting. And they're all quality players. I'm really happy with what it looks like. I think that we have 14 players right now that could impact the game in the ACAC today. So that makes that top 12 tough. tough. Yeah. Um, and so that's a challenge that we're faced with, but I'm happy to be in that challenge as opposed to other years in my career was yeah, rich people problems. You got rich people problems. Sure. <laughs> um, but we've got, so we just added, so Noah Steingart is one of our incoming recruits that I'm really, really happy about, really proud um, that he's chosen to, to be with us and to put his kind of faith and trust in us and our program and and I think we can watch him have a pretty good career. So I'm, I'm saying it here first. I hope people watch out for that name. Yeah. Um, another guy that I think will be a good addition for us that will help us is uh, Kai Lu, who played at Edge Prep. And we just announced him just uh, a few days ago. Um, 
I, is he a year out or is he straight? Yeah, he did one yeah. year at Edge after playing at Notre Dame and Calgary. Right. Yeah. Um, and Kai has a really good versatility to his game and and will create uh, some really good opportunities for us. And there's going to be a, a building block that we'll need to see and, and some growth from, from each of our players and each of our young guys. But, uh, you know, when you can take, you know, Kai in his position and he'll be able to learn from guys like John Paul and Plumy and Caleb and Brock and, and some of these senior level guys that I've got in the program. And then you can take that into this young group of guys. I think we, we're building something here that I'm, I'm really proud of um, that's taken a long time, but I'm, I'm excited to what we will continue to do. So there might be one more announcement coming, but you're going to have to wait for that. Be waiting. We'll be waiting. I'm sure it won't be a little one. Tori, anything else on the on the player side before I put him in a super awkward spot asking uh, ACAC directed questions? So, <laughs> no, I don't have anything on the players side, but I guess ask coaches predictions, blah blah yeah. blah. I kind of want to steer away from that at the moment because you are gunning for going back to back to nationals obviously but what is your least favorite trip to go on or least favorite gym to play in wow you know he's gonna say lakeland because no he's not gonna say (laughs) you guys have a great facility um one of the hardest gyms to play in is lethbridge yep i i can't stand that gym what what do you what what's the reason the the fans the open air the space what 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 is it when you guys play there or the rivalry for you guys? Well, I think there's a rivalry piece to it. Again, I mean, and part of it is Hagee builds such great programs, yeah. right? Um, His kids are you're going down there, and you're not you're not playing an easy game ever. Yeah. Um, and they shoot so much in that gym, so their confidence there is great. So from an opponent's perspective, so they shoot the ball so well there. So Lethbridge is a battleground um, to go into and then it's a fun and exciting atmosphere because of the fans and the, and the group that comes out so I don't know about least favorite but probably one of the hardest gyms that we have to play in um, yeah there's there's other really great gyms and tough trips I mean we haven't done the Grand Prairie trip I haven't done that since I was an assistant coach so we've got that this year I'm it's my time, but I'm I'm kind of excited about the trip to Grand Prairie. I think it'll be fun. Um, it's actually a cool facility. Yeah, it is a cool facility. facility. It's just out of the way, just like some like us and other skates. It's not what it looks like on film. It's no, definitely no. a lot better in, yeah. in film. It looks like old and a little bit raggedy, but yeah, it is a super nice facility. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think it's great. I mean, I like our new schedule as we have it. Uh, I like that we get to travel to the different jams. I like that our guys get that experience and our players get that experience. Um, and before that, I have players. So I have players that have played for me and they finished their careers and they have never seen a gym north of Red Deer. Oh. Isn't that crazy? You know, it's it's crazy to think in um, ACAC, just like any league in Canada, is about money. It has to make sense, dollars and cents, no matter what we do. Uh, and And... You know, Tori, I've had the chance to sit at the table with these guys and listen to them talk, and and they're all very, very much wiser than me, um, making these decisions. Um, 
it has to make sense. But just the overall, in my opinion, the experience of some of my athletes now going to Lethbridge, like I don't remember the last time I was at St. Mary's, but we're going to get to go this year. Like you get to see the province. And I think that's part of playing, in my opinion, the best conference in Canada is you have 15 great basketball teams. You get to see different places. You get to see different styles of play. Um, the one thing that's came up on the on the podcast so far is a lot of people would prefer to do all the South at the first half and then just play within your own conference in the second half. Now, great on paper, but logistically, we might melt down Anthony's mind if uh, that's what we're trying to figure out. And it would be so heavy loaded on, on the backside of the games, right, that, that it wouldn't be even. So I don't think I need to touch on, on that. Um, do I need to touch on that? We're we're good on that, right? That we agree yeah, that good. yeah, yeah, that that's tough. Uh the the playoff change for this year. So um we obviously put in a proposal um of a whole different style of playdown, um, which didn't get through. Now we are with the final four, which I don't necessarily think is a bad thing. Um volleyball went back to their eight teams, volleyball likes their cookie cutter, it's always gonna be the same if they have it their way. Um, talking to our volleyball coaches. Um my only thing with the final four is the two north, two south. Um, tell me thoughts on this. Uh, give me your coach perspective uh, because I know you're going to say the right thing as a athletics manager. But as a as a coach perspective, is am I just crying in a bucket or is that a legitimate complaint or what's your thoughts on the play? I don't mind the playing game. I think the men's side is super competitive. And as you talked about, the playing game's Anyone can beat anyone. I think it's totally fair. Um, I just kind of like the crossover to see someone from the other conference when you get there. So go. Give it to me. Oh, I need to not get in trouble, Chris. Um, I, listen, I, I'm waiting. I haven't got the email yet, but I will be getting an email soon. I'm sure you will. <laughs> it's I, I'll say this. I thought the proposal that you guys put together was awesome, and I was excited for this opportunity to see the proposed playoff function. Uh, I understand the reasoning why we went where we are. I was in that room. I know how difficult it is and how hard of a decision it was to make. For sure. Um, and how hard of a decision it was for all of the ADs to make. It was, it was not easy. We've come to a compromise. Um, two and two is tough. Um, if you looked at playoffs this year, I think it was three South schools and one North on both sides. Yeah. Yep. Um, and that happens from time to time. So to limit it, I guess, to just two per side, I think is tough when we know how good basketball is. And that's what I loved about the crossover aspect of it. Um, we're also doing something different in basketball that hasn't really been attempted and we're trying to do a merit-based host and I think that that's great and I love the idea of some of the playing aspects and getting to see playoff games hosted in different gymnasiums and places so there's so many strong parts about it that I think are great the two and two final four will still be fantastic basketball no matter who's in it I think we will see it being really difficult to narrow down those top two. Those games to get into that final four are going to be crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, I think that's my biggest thing. And, uh, 
I think because of us hosting this year, this is going to probably blow up a little more than it would on a regular year, if I'm being honest, with with us getting an automatic berth. So let's just say we have a good team, knock on wood. Hopefully we get a good team together. But uh, that means that us and one other team have a chance to go to nationals in the north and two teams in the south. So it's just, it's one of those things. You're right. Uh, there's a lot of pros, cons. Um, you know, this is my soapbox. I get to say I, I, I want the crossover. I love the crossover. And Ultimately, the best teams are going to win, and and because I'm so passionate about the ACAC, I'm passionate about ascending the two best teams and the teams that deserve it. And and last year, you guys in state were the teams that deserved to be there, and you guys got to go and got rewarded for it. I would have hated for someone like yourself to not be there on a crossover game or something like that. So um, I do like that our basketball coaches and our SMT, we do put forward ideas, and they're not necessarily always going to go through, but at least we're throwing ideas out there. And I love that the the ACAC listens. They can say yeah. no as much as they want, but at least they listen. And I think that we're very progressive compared to some other leagues, at least in my opinion, with with some of these things. We, we haven't been stuck in the same way forever. If you talk to Avery, this has changed 20 times. Um, so that's a cool thing. Um, Tor, anything while we wrap here, now that I put them on the hot speed, also great answers, by the way. Great answers. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Tori, anything else to wrap on this? No, just thank you for coming on here. And yeah, super interested to see how your team goes next year with three big shot returners coming back. I'm uh, yeah. I'm not going to let our girls watch your guys' game tape, sprain it that much. Until we shoot at a higher percentage, we can't watch St. Mary's tape putting up 43s a game. But I'll just that... tell them to get in the gym, Chris. It's all right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, so I tell Chris all the time, so I just tell him to get in the gym, but uh, it's a little bit harder than, yeah, it's easier said than done. We got three. We got three. We got three that are getting in the gym, so that's a positive. But uh, no, you guys will have a great season. Uh, really pumped to see what happens next year and to see the growth. I think you're really doing it the right way and building the culture and, and really putting value in those guys and not only helping them develop as basketball players, but as human beings. And uh, yeah, really proud of what you're doing. So thanks for coming on today. We hope you have some downtime before you get back at it here end of August. Yeah, I'll do my best. Thanks for having me, guys. I love what we're doing, and I love the spotlight for the ACAC. So keep up the great work. It's great chatting with you, and I look forward to future interviews where you can put me in the hot seat further, Tori. Sounds good. We'll put, to it. We'll put them on a panel next time. All right, Coach, we'll talk to you later. Thanks, guys. Take care. All right, Tori, what uh, takeaways from the conversation with Nathan? Obviously, great to chat with him. Um, I've had the chance to sit down with him a couple times uh, at the AD's table and uh, last year in December in Montana. Just just a great guy. Love talking hoops. What did you like about that conversation? Yeah, super down-to-earth guy. Really enjoyed the talk. Um, super, super excited to see where St. Mary's go. Basically returning their core component of leading scorers. Brock Dewsbury being an All-Canadian is back. And then a couple of others who were massive scoring pieces for them. So with the experience that they've had taken from nationals and some added additions for their team, I think St. Mary's Lightning are the team to beat men-wise in the South. We'll take it to State. There is another team that I think will take it to State as well, but I won't say that yet. Okay. <clears throat> so basically Tori's predicting... My predictions, my early predictions. Might as well keep it going here with the flow of the podcast. Three different teams to win next year. She's predicting on the men's side. We can never discuss <laughs> man. Come on. Yeah, no, you, you can't. Um, and, and they're going to be loaded. Um, let's get to our interview with Clayton Nielsen. Clayton obviously coming off of a rebuild year. 
um, tons of young kids, tons of turnover in their program. Uh, we'll see what he has to say about the up-and-coming Rattlers uh, season. And on today's edition of Full Mike Clipboard, we have Medicine Hat Women's Rattlers head coach Clayton Nielsen. Clayton is going into his eighth year-ish of uh, head coach of the Rattlers, counting COVID, of course. Um, back in 2017-18, he led them to a second-place finish in the ACAC and took them to the CCAA National Championship. Clayton, welcome to the show. How are you doing, my man? I'm doing awesome. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, we're, we're pumped to get you on, especially down in Met. Out is probably, what, uh, 30-some degrees. You're probably out suntanning every day out there. What, what's happening? Uh, it is super hot, and I stay in my nice air-conditioned house. And <laughs> I'll go out in the mornings until uh, about 11, and then I'm back in around, you know, 2.30-ish before it gets really hot. Uh, but it's it's we were in red, we were in uh, Red Deer on the weekend and it was like 29 there and then we come home and it was 26 I think at night when we got home and it was it was hotter here than it was in Red Deer during the day so yeah it's 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 a it's a dry heat here it's very it's very warm yeah I was gonna say so what I remember of living in Lethbridge probably no rain in a month or what's the rain situation down there yeah no it's been, it's actually been better than most years actually um I know last year and the year before we wouldn't have rain for like middle middle of june ish maybe a little bit in june and then nothing for july first week of august nothing and then we had that heat dome that one year right um it melted what I, I have an outdoor back uh outdoor um basketball hoop in the rim or the backboard as well as glass plexiglass ones you get clean tire i have a hole in it this big because the sun melted it and oh. yeah it was it was awesome yeah. Tor- Tor- so yeah and heat torkin played all the time but there it's not hot enough here and then now she's here it's Mine is so different. Lloyd, it's like the windiest place, and it says it's going to be 25 degrees, and you maybe get 22. Like, it's just, it's not, it's not a nightmare of some. But she hasn't experienced the medicine while left her tunnel. She doesn't know anything. No, she doesn't tunnel down there. Well, well, even, even that wind, like, since I've lived here, um it's got progressively worse so Lethbridge is always terrible like yeah. i don't know what happens there but then you come here and it used to be not bad but now it's it's quite it's quite windy yeah well let's get uh okay we can talk about the seasons of uh of summer winter fall all the time but let's get into talking about your rattlers um i was sitting on one of the previous podcasts covid you know not only did it screw up everything worldwide uh, it put a real weird kink into ACAC and U Sport rosters. A lot of teams coming out of the COVID bubble. Um, we were one of the ones lucky enough to keep our roster intact. Um, yep. Your program is one of the ones that after COVID, you had a bunch of players kind of graduate out, finish their program, and kind of leave. Um, and this year, just you know, we're going through your roster. It's just filled with freshmen and just young players on the roster. So, talk about yep. maybe going into this year knowing that you're so young, what the goal was, sorry, last season, I should say, what the goal was yeah. last season with that young group athlete. Well, I, like, your point, I, and, I, and I saw your, your question for other people with the COVID question about your rosters, and um, not only were we kind of, with that roster before, like, the getting through COVID and with, with Kate and all that kind of stuff, where we, I thought our roster was pretty good, but we ended up, we ended up playing off-site because we were high construction here at the college, so I kind of worked that team. I thought that team... We should have finished higher. We were three and five at home and five and three on the road. And that team was way better than three and five at home. And usually at, at most of our teams have been like, we'll lose two games at home. Right. Like we, we, play, we play really, yeah, we really play strong at home. And so that hurt us. And then, like you said, our roster kind of 
vanished a little bit. Not only did it vanish, but it was also you couldn't recruit um, because high school wasn't playing, and you just it was just a it was a, a snowball of a, of stuff for that the team this year that uh, was really hard to um, either try to get vets that were the most veterans were still on their teams that they were on. So, and, and you have these older teams now that are, instead of having fourth and fifth years, they're fifth and sixth years uh, on teams. And it was really difficult to then compete with a team that, you know, this year, I mean, Kirsty was a third year. Um, we had a couple second years, but the second years didn't play because they played under behind Kate and Abby from the year before and they played all the time. Yeah. Um, so we really had uh, a team of first years, except for one player for the most part. Um, and like you said, like experience wise, you, you can't, you can tell them and we tried, we, we tried to tell them what was coming. We tried to tell them about just, you know, how hard it is to win and to work hard. And, you know, you get into the season and they don't, they don't get it until November. <laughs> well, it's, you're kind of done. Like it's, it's, right. it's hard to then try to improve and get, we, we did improve and got better. And then they, and our, and our academics was good. Um, we were still like. Our teams are usually the best academic team on campus, and we were second, which was good. So, I mean, academically, they took care of what they were supposed to do, but the on-court stuff was such a jump for everybody. It was hard to, I think, hard to explain to them. And then once you start losing, it's just hard. It was just a hard season for everybody involved, and, and it was definitely um, the goals. Like, they were questioning about what goals we have, and, and part of it was just getting them to experience the intensity of what was coming and what they had to, and then what they have to work on to be better for this coming up year um, was pretty much the goal. Because when you're that rookie, that new, that deer in headlights, a lot of times, especially when you're playing at Saint Saint Mary's or some of these big like Concordia, we played them and they were massive, like just right. huge, and we were not huge, and we're not going to be huge anytime soon. So you're just trying to get how do we compete with that and not get demoralized to the point where they just want to quit, right? Yeah. And trying to help them not get through that was. Um, was definitely maybe the biggest challenge of trying to keep them together and up and 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 feeling like this would be uh, just let's get better. It's going to get better and just kind of work through it. What would you say? Yeah, and you know, while our freshman coming here, what three weeks here, Tori, two weeks here, um, and it, you're in the headlights. Like, hey, it's real. Uh, there, there. Yeah. It happens at different stages. What was the if you could pinpoint one thing with that young group? What's it? physicality, the speed, the skill, what was the one thing that you felt that the coach or maybe that they communicated to you that was, was shocking to them? Because like you said, we try to wow them, but the feedback from them is a little bit different. Yeah, so a, an example. So I've run the same offense the whole time I've been here for the most part. 401 in and we just kind of, there's rules or guidelines to it. Um, the thing that was shocking for me was the fact that we couldn't pass in it. Like we just couldn't get going. And, and it took us probably a solid month just to be able to do the simple pass from guard to the wing with some with some oomph and and know that it's going to get there and so that the person who catches it will be able to do something with it. It took a long time. And, and that, I think that might have been, you know, one of one of the hardest things to kind of get people to understand that it's not just high school where people gap off you or if you're really quick, you can beat somebody in high school because they're not as quick as you. And right. that was difficult. I found that a lot in my rookie season and obviously having a bunch of young girls jump passing, you cannot get away. Like going in, jump passing in the air, like that in stolen and play up down the other end. Yeah. But we'd say that um was being on the sets, we had uh yeah, quite a few turnovers and a way less assist. Um 
that can obviously be very hard and a lot of people can maybe take that to heart as how do I get over this, especially being so young. I do, we were able to still return quite a few players even though obviously coming off the season that wasn't what everyone hoped for. Yeah, so two parts to that. The the first part, the turnover part. If 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 you went game by game, the first semester was the worst. Like we had three or four people getting seven, like five to seven turnovers per game with multiple people. And and then by the end of the season, um, we were down to three turnovers per person. So it improved dramatically. So this this the turnover stat is definitely skewed to the first semester where when people were just like, what is going on? Jumping to pass the whole, like you catch it, one dribble, pick it up. Now you're, now you're in trouble, right? The first year thing of that. Right. So that was really difficult. Um, we're returning. We had, so we started with like, say 15, um, we're returning six, uh, actually five, five of them. Um, a lot of the people that, that left were academic reasons. They're, they're just done school. Um, a couple, um, I'm trying to think one person left to go to a different school in Manitoba. Um, but most of it was just, it was either mental health, um, not playing any works. So they're just done. Um, and they're trying something new. Um, so, I mean, the people that stayed, um, I think are going to be in a good space in a good headspace, knowing what they went through. A couple of the girls went to Lethbridge to watch playoffs. So they saw the competitive level of playoffs, which is even higher again. So I think they, and that that's kind of spurred their off-season workouts and their off-season kind of preparation for this upcoming year. And I think that's been um, really good for us to have a couple of them see that. So I think that might even change what I do from now on. I might bust if we don't make playoffs or something happens where we're not in the final group. I might even take a group up there or wherever that is to watch because I think that learning experience of seeing how hard ACAC playoffs are. You can't, you can't, you have to experience it in some capacity to tell them, yeah. to show them that, that aspect. So I think that will be something we try to do in the upcoming years. If, if we will, we'll probably we'll still be growing and developing this year, but at soon enough, hopefully we'll be in the, in the real, in the real deal and, and show these, these young um, athletes what it's like to be in playoffs. Yeah. And you also need, you need older players to be able to kind of like feed that onto the young ones and obviously. You didn't have that, um, and no. that's something I was really grateful for. I came into a team with like quite a few veterans, um, but you can't tell looking the way things go. Because a lot of the time, it's like, yeah, and yeah, yeah. It's like, no, okay, you have to get there. So, yeah, so, um, yeah. But you had a pretty uh, decent rookie in Great Grabber. Uh, she was your rating scorer, and for a rookie, I was her beginning seemed to be a rating scorer. Um, talk about her, like about another one. Yeah. So we, I can't remember what game it was, but at some point we are like Rob and myself, so Rob, my sister coach, he's awesome. Um, we decided, okay, so there's some players here that we, we just need to start making them get it. And, and Bryn was one of them and we're like, okay, Bryn, I came up for one game. I think we were, well, we were at Ambrose or where I said, you're going to play 35 minutes today. Be mentally ready. You're not coming off. Don't ask for a sub. You're just going to go. Yeah. yeah. Just do it. And so there were some ups and downs, like one game she scored 15, the next game she scored four, you know, so it was one of those rookie things where the consistency wasn't there, um, trying to make her a little more selfish, I guess, because a lot of times they come in, they don't want to ruffle feathers or make people think that they're a black hole, that kind of stuff, trying to get her to shoot threes and just just trying to build her um, confidence that she could be a scorer, because I, I think she can be. I think in her third, fourth, if she plays five years, she should be someone who averages over 15 a game, defends hard. I think she has it in her, but she had to get 
over the that little hump of you know the minutes played and being sore, like really sore after two games of 35 minutes and getting crushed by bigger guards, older people. Like you have to go through that. I think she did a great job. Um, she never got like she never missed time because of injury. Um, her marks were really good, so it, it she worked out in shots when she was supposed to. So I think she did a really good. You're talking about vets and building habits. She was getting those near the end, so it, it was really good to see her um, kind of get those get those. Abby Watson is another one. They kind of paired up and kind of started doing the things that are required of them that would have been shown to them if we had, like you said. Our most of our team's first years never play. This year they all played because we had to play everybody. So it was definitely uh, um, a change for us a little bit. But I think Bryn um, definitely caught on to what you needed to do, and she did, and she did a great job. Yeah, and uh, I would say Watson, obviously knowing Chad, uh, her father, coming from a basketball background, she was one. And just you know, from the game that we played, you guys, um, I thought the girls worked pretty hard, but she worked hard start to finish. Like you could tell there's some compete in her. And that was one yeah. of the ones that kind of spit out to me um, that like, okay, there's something here most most likely that is there. And, and so it's good that you got to see that out of a couple of the girls. Now, those are locals. Are they both locals? Uh, Bryn's from Brooks. And then Abby's obviously from town. Yeah, you bet. Count from Brooks is kind of local. Brooks is, Brooks is pretty close. Yeah, it's pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> and before, before you go to your next question, Tori, I have to say, shout out to Rob. Obviously, one of the nicest dudes in the ACAC. You mentioned Rob on there. Just yeah, salt of the earth guy. Everyone that knows him and and their whole family, you know, yeah. things to say. So yeah, we have to say shout out to Rob. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned there, um, having a player that's local. You guys have quite a few players that are local. Is that something that you install that you want to yeah, but bring some surround that nice and surrounding area keeps the player out? Yeah, so. Definitely. When I when I first got here, um, my first recruit um, was Kate Rosdeba um, from town here. Um, Jordan Kearley was the second one. Abby Rochelle was a third. Um, and all all good people, um, really good players. Um, and, and I and I think we've we've had some really good locals. I think COVID, like everybody else, kind of wrecks some stuff, and I think that just hurt a lot of the players from town. Um, just to get in the gym and work on skills and the fundamentals that hurt everybody. So, but the intel we we really want in town kids. Like if I can if I can have, you know, the majority of my team in town, that helps us with our summer programming, with getting shoots and workouts and and developing that group that stays together. Our our nationals team had I want to say like four or five local kids that were like Kennedy Weary, uh, Kate obviously, um, Paige Cooper was here, Kendall Coots. Um, was there so um, even our international Morgan Muir's like she she was from Australia but she went to grade 12 here right so she kind of had some basketball in town before she came to the college so um, the in town piece for us is, is huge because it, it, it helps us with everything we do locally um, and it helps us with our camps and with everything so I, I'm we're, tr- we're trying to keep that um, kind of relationship really strong with the with the high schools and with the coaches that are that are at those high schools. Big shout out to Molly Viola, one of the nicest people that I've met Nancy Anthony and obviously Ralawaji that I can wear. But I guess the second part on that question still is with you recruiting locally, do you look internationally at all? Because we always on the podcast we've spoken a lot about teams who are like obviously successful or whatnot. Look majority of the type international talent on their team. Is that something that you look at or you're more? And so, about developing your team, 
with what you've got now and with a lot of um, uh, I'm going to ask that question. Um, international, international kids, if we could have three, it would be awesome. Um, there was a, a, a small time at our institution that, that, that we were, um, not, a, not encouraged to get them, yeah. um, just to kind of do vocally only or just around us. So, um, for three years, I never tried to recruit anybody internationally. So, um, so now we're going to try to find some, some internationals, probably not this year. Cause it's kind of, it was too late. Um, but for sure for next year's for like, there'll be 2000, what 2025, I guess, or 23, 24, 25. So somewhere in that area, we'll start to look for some more internationals, even if we can get one or two, cause like it, it does add just another level up for you. Um, and, and with Morgan that, that definitely helped us. She, she almost broke the steals record in her last year. I think she had 91 and the record's 110 or something. So she almost broke it. Um, and they're just a level like you're awesome. Like, like Brittany at olds when she was there, like just, it's just another level of player that, that you, that, that at this point you kind of need to have someone there to kind of elevate your, your domestic local kids to show them here, you got to go faster, harder, whatever the case may be. So um, ideally it'd be great to just have the local kids and the, and the kids we get from elsewhere in Alberta and Saskatchewan to kind of carry us. But right now it, it, most teams are looking at having one or like minimum two, most teams have that are contributors. And, um, I mean, we're, we're, hopefully we'll get one, 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 the current team is in their third year. So we can add someone in that just pushes those over the top. Um, that would be ideal. So yeah, definitely trying to find some, it's just trying to find the right place with the right kind of style of play, the right, the coaches that would be similar to how we would want to play. Right. So um, definitely looking for all of that as we go forward. Did you go to school in Brixton or was that uh, part of your degree while we were in uh, Alberta? And that seen that you got a degree in coaching or yeah. Yeah. So Brixton. yeah. So it's through the university of Queensland. Uh, yeah. And so what that program was, I was actually, I think I was the first group to go through that program it was only offered through distance, like online, uh, when online, when online wasn't really kind of a thing really. Um, and so it was, it was great. I, I, from, from that, I told, I've told like a half dozen people about it and they've taken it. So it's a sport coaching. I had an instructor that was in Japan that was on some sort of national team for wrestling. And it was, it was, it was a good experience. And then they wanted you to do practical stuff with your team. Um, so it was, it was good. It was, I guess you could kind of compare it to a, like a course based master's program. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think it was, I think it was good. I liked it. Um, it was, it was good cause I was living in Grand Prairie when I started it. And, and if you guys know, Grand Prairie, it's not much there. So I wasn't moving to U of A to do, and I wasn't moving to U of A to do the coaching, like the master of coaching program at U of A wasn't even there yet when I started mine. So, which is a long time ago. So yeah, so it was, it was a good timing for me and it was a good program to take. So it was good. Uh, remember a lot of sitting in the house, Bill, Bill informed us, uh, when we saw it. So he's been hanging out a lot. Uh, you know, it's, it's fun to say that Clay about the internationals because, uh, a lot of the coaches are saying the same thing that it, it doesn't make sense unless the timing's right, uh, for a lot of programs, because, you know, the reality is, uh, whether your school has an international waiver or not, and there's things that like Tori only knows about on the player side, but not on the coach admin side, uh, yeah, they cost money. Uh, it costs a lot of money to get them here. Um, yeah, and it has to be the right timing, and you have to fundraise and all those other things. So, I don't think you're alone in that mindset. And and I know yeah. since COVID and since um, 
how my inner words probably some of the cuts that have happened to post secondary from our government mm-hmm. uh it's made things just tougher on everyone in my opinion yeah i'm i'm actually surprised um that we still have them internationals uh, availability to get internationals to come come here so far just because of like you say the cut the cutting that's been going on at institutions and and the 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 money watching i guess or something like that about just making sure your dollar counts when you're spending it and i think that's i know we always talk about getting the most kind of um, exposure for your institution and having internationals and winning helps with that so i you know i hope it i hope it continues for everybody um, but I'm surprised that it still is at the like three per team kind of idea uh, right. with how the finances go. Yeah. Um, now, before we head on to the, the real tough question, so heading into next year, you've got the six girls coming back. Um, obviously, a group of kids coming in. Um, is there anyone you want to highlight or talk about the group coming in in general and uh, what you were looking for in the recruitment department heading into next season? Yeah, we're, I'm, ex- I'm actually really excited. Uh, if we had, three or four third or fourth years i'd be soup i'd be like okay we're it's going to be great but it's it's not it's not that's not the level but the the new people coming in i think we're i think we're more athletic i think which which is what we needed to be um which will make us you know talking with with august Ennis coach there about being more athletic and just just trying to play that style i think that's gonna be us i think this year until a lesser extent because we'll be young but i think playing a lot faster um, Jada Gold um, was a local kid, um, played at Hat High. Um, probably as a first year, the well, I think her and Kate have might have been the two best first years of kind of we've had in regards to like promise or potential. Um, she, I think she's been recruited. Like I know Dave at UofL talked to her. I think CNFX wanted to talk to her. I know Avery talked to her. So yeah. she was like a lot of people liked what she was bringing athletically, and I think that will help us. She's five eleven. They had her. They had her bringing the ball up sometimes. She probably won't for us initially, just because I think the speed will be a little bit more to kind of deal with. Um, but uh, her, I think she'll be she'll be great locally. And there's a couple of local kids that um, I think eventually will get there because athletically they're they're good. I think we're just better athletic team, which will be which will hopefully as we learn and get better and stronger physically, that will definitely help us for sure. Yeah, and, and that's such a huge thing is. Uh... You need athletes to compete. Uh, I think I, I actually see this on a recruiting kid, so like I would venture on this full on speed and crazy athleticism. College sometimes is it's crazier speed and tempo than university. University teams slow mm-hmm. down a lot more. They're bigger, right? Like they're yeah. bigger athletes. But yeah. uh in college it is it is up and down and very fast. Yeah. So you need some elite athletes and it sounds like there are a couple of them. Yeah, and I think you know, like if in the south, like that's I think why St. Mary's has been so good for so long. Like they just go, and, yeah. and you know, and I think that's that's part of what's made them successful. And we've depending on the year, I mean, we've been we've been able to kind of match that with the same athleticism and the same kind of um, speed. And and we were a little bigger than them for a couple of years, so that helped us. But uh, if you can do that and you can do it well and you can do it with some structure, I think, and, and some discipline, I think you're you're on the right track of being a better team for sure. Uh, go ahead. Okay. No, no, it's kind of rough. Okay. So the travel part, uh, this is the first year with the travel. Um, we'll leave you usually on the opposite side of the fence of me on the travel piece. So once again, I'm making everyone answer this question, but I know you are. It's awesome. So, so you get to be the first person. <laughs> this is my straw poll for the ACAC. Um, so we're on year two of, uh, the full interlock. Everyone plays each other once North and South. 
or one within your own division, you play them twice. Um, tell us your thoughts. Uh, you guys, us, Keanu, Grand Prairie, Lethbridge, probably the outliers in terms of yep. the travel. So um, give it to us now. I am the um, flag bearer for it not being good. I think, I don't know. I, I'm, I am, I'm not a big fan of travel. I have family in Grand Prairie. I used to live in Keanu and in for McMurray. So like, I, I don't like the travel. I liked us playing in the South and, and being able to go there and back in your right. day. Um, I think it maybe because I had a young team, maybe that had part to do with it too. I think that the travel wore them down. I think more than if I had a team full of fourth and third years who knew their body better and knew how to travel and eat and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and, and I know it's what I brought up. I think the strength of, it's nice to see everybody and see how they play, but I mean, the South this year was three and one for the final yeah. four and that's happened before. Yeah. And, and even when we're not three and one and you guys were three and one, I, I still think that we still prepared well by playing each other to face the other conference and do okay. And then it didn't hurt and then go to nationals, um, and do really well. And, and I think that the travel for me was an unnecessary fatigue on budgets, which was a big one for our school um and, and and the and the players um like we have to leave like so we're coming to you guys well Keanu first then you guys and we're leaving on a Thursday so we can get up there um and then we don't get back until like Sunday uh we won't get back right so it's it's a it's a difficult time um and yeah I just not a and I was with it before because I mean like before um, I can't remember. I think it was at Red Deer and Red Deer, Red Deer when yeah, I was assistant yeah. was, was assistant coaching with Red Deer and and we played everywhere and it was not it, I didn't like it either. Maybe I just don't like the bus. I don't know. Maybe it's just the bus ride. It's like I think a fly or maybe a different story. But I just think it's I think it's harder on everybody and it and it eventually wears you down to the for unnecessarily. And um there's we always play different teams in preseason, whether it's in September, early October, or even in December, people play each other. I think if it's for rankings or that that stuff, then you can you can find a way to play other people if it if you really want to do that. Um, and budgets are tight. Like we're we're playing most of our exhibitions at home um, because I don't have we don't have money to to go and play everybody, and and it and it trickles down to your league's league money as well. So it's just it's tough. I, I um, it's tough. It's nice to see different places, but it's it's tough to to treat to get the athlete to to be at their peak when you're traveling so much on buses and not eating right and all that kind of stuff. Brandon asked this question in every hour, so but you did mention obviously three South, one North, in with playoffs. Um, you've obviously seen getting head coaches, assistant coaches, and whatnot the different playoff structures that have been tested within the AC, ACFC. What do you personally? Um, for when I, when I first kind of got into this and started and, and just even the last, even like five years ago was always final eight to mimic nationals. Um, and, and really kind of having the, the national tournament as how we should be prepping our teams. And, and I think once again, I'm, I think the only coach that is like, if you're going to do that, then we should do that. Like, I think you should have a backdoor bronze game. I think you should have the extra day now because the, the extra day is in there. So the team that's going the backdoor bronze has an extra day rest before the bronze game. I think there's got to be, there's, there's two sides. I like the, the final four where you're just taking the best four teams in one place and playing. Um, but if you're talking about the national tournament and trying to mimic what teams are going to feel when they get there, then, then copy it, like do top eight, do a backdoor. So everybody knows schedule. Everybody knows the feeling of having an extra day of rest. If you're not in the bronze uh, backdoor bronze, um, because it's an extra day of eating, an extra day of sleeping in a hotel. 
there's different things that go into that when you're at nationals that you wouldn't get if you just play a final four. I like the fact that we're only top five now and the four and five play in. I like that way better than top six. Even if I was a sixth place team this year and didn't get to go, I'd still like it um, with the top top five, even top, I like top four too. I mean, if you're good, you're good and you yeah. deserve to be in playoffs and, and you should play people. And and I've been on both ends where I've been the, the kind of the fourth seed beating a one and I've been the one who got beat by a four. And I still think it's the best way to go when you get to an eight because it mimics what you're going to see when you go to nationals as best as you can. That's a good point. I don't want to mention that. Yeah. I mean, it's the nationals. But it's, they did so it's being bad. They're not bad if they do it. Yeah. You know, have that. I don't know. Yeah, and I would say, well, and you could play Now that the national schedule switched this year, first year, but they haven't done the backboard round two games in one day. Um, in my head, when we said there, I was like, <clears throat> okay, we're going to have a bunch of games last so, Okay, now we've got to stay an extra day, an extra roll on the extra. Like in my head, I was like, yeah, yeah totally. Oh, it totally makes sense. And then uh, when I, like, I can hear my being say, it's the cost analysis, right? Just like, yeah. But if we but if we went back to north south the like split division like you play the north we play the south and we don't go anywhere our budgets will all decrease in travel so it, and there would be a there would be a give and take i think with that way and i think as long as as long as we're trying to prep our athletes to be the best they can be when they go i think that's that is something i, I mean the nationals when we went that's when the storm hit eastern canada and we were begging to leave on monday and they wouldn't let us until tuesday which meant that both us St. Mary's and BC got stuck in Toronto an extra day and we and we and we pretty much missed the banquet um because of that storm. And what if we left Monday, we would have been there, we could have practiced and and it would have been a good time. So and the gym was like the men's tournament is out there um at Mount Allison. The, the where we stayed was 40 minutes from the gym. So it was not it was not super so that you get to. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, and that that travel does uh, it causes some problems, and obviously, like Canada being so big and wide, and the way that everything's ran, the playoff schedule. You know, I, I even look at sport; they change, you know, every couple of years. They're changing now as it's affecting them. I know for us, like the travel doesn't affect. Like we're still going up to Canada and Grand Prairie on a Thursday, so us going to you guys or Barcrest, it doesn't change anything for us. No, the same cost, uh, but yeah, it's. The playoffs is an interesting one because um, it's really, as you know, it's about peaking at the right time and then making sure. I don't care. You know, obviously we all care, but we want to send our best rep to nationals and do the best yeah. possible for the ACAC. So I think that's that's the biggest piece of the puzzle. Um, from what you saw last year, next year, is there anyone that you kind of thought, okay, they might have something next year? Anyone? Um, you thought keep an eye on uh over the course of the last season, I guess. Or off season. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 one of those things where I know you guys talked about this too, about the the COVID kind of layover and teams are still old. Right. And like Briar like you're talking to Anthony and Briarcrest, like they're old. Lethbridge added some older players. Yeah. Um St. Mary's kind of got older players. Um who else? Red Deer lost some people. They're going to get some older players. Like it's just, it's just, it's, it's the, it's that group of people that the teams could hold on to as long as possible and adding in, you know, a couple other older players. Um, the South, I don't like, it's going to be, the South's going to be tough. Every game is going to be like, you're playing a bunch of 50 years every time. Um, same with you guys up there in the North. Um, it's, it's just, it's just going to be tough to, and, and I know you guys have said this in the previous podcast about just whoever we send, 
should be great. Like I, I, I think especially this coming up year, I don't, I don't know. Like there's five teams, four teams that are legit. Like we should be really good at nationals with those teams. They're big, they're fast, they're old, um, and and definitely helps us as as a province to send those quality teams for sure. Um, and and the fact that the nationals are here. Um, like there's no travel for you guys and whoever goes with and whoever goes with you, like it, depending on who they are, it could be relatively no travel as well, depending on where they're coming from. And it's, it's advantage for us for sure. And I, and I hope that we use that advantage and, and, and do well. And, and I think whoever we send is going to be a good representation of, of the quality of play that's in Alberta. That's a question. Well done. Well done. But... <laughs> and then I guess on that. Is there anywhere that you dislike playing and then a gym away from the snake? I personally love playing there. Yeah, it's a fun gym. Yeah, it's fun with my stuff. It's so awesome. Yeah, it's a real cool setup. Um, or any place that you'd really need to be like, playing, like really, like you're going to go there and you're like, oh, I really need to Yeah, there's like three or four gyms in Alberta that are awesome. Our gym... Not even you, even I'm a homer for sure because I work here. <laughs> but our gym, we get when it's packed in there and it's crazy. It's crazy. It's loud. You can't you can't really hear anything. It gives our players like that's why I think we our home record was so good because you get in that fourth quarter where everybody's coming in for the like the men's games next and we're just getting everybody in with like 400 people. It's loud and like it shakes you. It kind of it kind of if you're not used to that, it can really make you feel a little bit nervous. Um, I know you guys talked about Augustana's gym. I mean, that's a good one too. Um, Briarcrest gym. Um, we I don't we have this relationship with Briarcrest fans, especially the men's men's side. They like to they like to egg Rich on and they like to get under his skin a little bit and they they have good chats. Um, their cheers are pretty pretty good. Um, um, so I think those, I think those smaller schools with kind of the old school gyms are, are awesome. Um, and, and they just bring the fans in and, and it's, it's, it's a good place to have that energy. Um, and I, and I wish that, uh, people could feel that a little bit, a little bit more about just the, even Lethbridge the last couple of years is their, their, um, audience has been a lot bigger at games, which has been a lot more energy in those games as well. So I think it's, it's the ECEC ball is kind of starting to pick up a little bit, which is nice. Um, but uh, yeah, us, Briarcrest, Ambrose, I think are the biggest ones. Play, not, do I have a least favorite? Not really. I mean, Briarcrest because the roof's so low, but they can't <laughs> control that. I can't, at least I won't play volleyball there. So yeah, I think they're, I mean, they're all, they're all good places. I think it's, I think that people take care, as long as the floor has been taken care of, which people do. Um, it's been, it was nice to go back to Grand Prairie and, and be there. Cause I used, I, that's where I did my under, like my first two years of my undergrads. So it was nice to see what they've done. The pink and blue is an interesting choice, but it's, it's, you know, brightens up the place a little bit from the red and gray. So, um, but yeah, it's everything, everything's been, but those, I think our three, those three gyms, I think are the, the most fun when they're rocking and, and it's going pretty hard. Like we, we almost beat Briarcrest this year. And their fans were all over us. Any kind of stoppage, any kind of something, they were on us to try to get us off um, what we were doing. And so it was it was awesome. Yeah, they uh, they do a great job there. And now that I know Friday's the day you want to play in Briarcrest, I, I put in that request to Anthony <laughs> for scheduling purposes. So we'll we'll see if I get that in the future. Um, yes. Okay, a couple last uh, preseason questions here before we go. Okay, one, beep chest yet or not beep chest yet in preseason? Beep test? Yeah. You made your ball. Oh. Oh, oh my gosh, man. They got to hit a level. So it's, awesome. yeah, it's, no, it's a thing. Like it's okay. a thing. Like, like, like I thought we, it was. I, yeah. So we're, we're nine and a half for, for returners, which I, which, which I was like, ah, I should make a 10, but nine and a half for returners. Um, and first years have to get eight and a half. 
Um, and they know, they all know this is not, it's not a surprise. It's in their letter and all that kind of stuff. Um, right. it will be, if they don't get it, then there's some stuff that goes along with that up to, you know, they got three weeks to get into what shape they have to be in to get those levels. And then we kind of go from there, but no beep test. Um, it's not just running it. It's, it's the fact that you had to work to be prepared to be a fit athlete when you come. And I think that's yeah. part of it too, is like, what's your commitment to playing at a high level? And you're going to show me. Um, with the beep test, we also do, um, a couple other things with like plank hold, like how long can you hold a plank? There's some fitness things for that. They have to be in the 99th percentile in that. Right. Um, and we do 50 pushups. How long does it take you to do 50 pushups? Um, and they've got to be within, I think it's a minute and 20, I think minute, 20 minute, 20 ish to get to what I think is a, is a good enough level to be, to be, to know that you've worked out and your, your bo- upper body's close to being strong and all that kind of stuff. So no fitness is a big deal for us. When we when when we are when we're good and like other teams, you you gotta be able to be fit and run and be able to think when you're tired and recover quickly. And you can't do it if your beep test is at six. So and a lot of people don't get that. It's like you've got to be able to off season you have to be able to do what? Because you'll probably have summer and come back, you are or you only get a five or a six. So it's also yeah, yeah separating to see who is taking this seriously and who's kind of the along for the ride are you aiming a bit of push-up are they proper push-up oh yeah oh, yeah on on toes yeah 90 yeah, degrees good. yeah like yeah it. not assist not assisted push-ups it's full push-ups yeah um and Tori's also probably thinking man with the level more i'll to get to i don't know what shoe the movie will run yeah i dropped it down now so soft yeah old, old soft so um and then, well, t- so so in saying that, so nine point five is is for all the returners, regardless of position, kind of idea. Um, ideally, our one whoever plays point guard and uh, and shooting guard or whatever that looks like, ten. Like they got to get ten because they're they because they're full court manning when we get to that level again, right? So if you're not at ten, your ability to recover between whistles goes down, and you need to be able to do that to maintain that that pressure um, at all times. So it it's it is definitely a thing, and and I think I hope. Not, not and it can't be punitive. It's it's for me. It's more of a it's a gauge. It's a it's like you're gonna show me your want, and and we just we do it. We do it twice a year usually. Uh, once at preseason, usually at our combine, and then we do it again before Christmas. Um, do it then. So and usually the Christmas one, like I think. So I think the 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 what year was that? I think the year after nationals, um, everybody that on the team got over ten. Um, the highest was, I think almost 11 and a half, 12 Kendall Coons could do it forever. So she got 11 and a half or 12 or something like that. So, so yeah, so it's, it's important. I, I, some people get stressed about it on my team, on my team, but it's not supposed to be stressful. It's just, if you're prepared, then it's like a test in academics. If you've studied and you've done your work, you'll do fine. If you've worked out and you've ran or rode the bike or whatever it is, you'll do fine. Yeah. Uh, it's sorry, it's it's all rental. No matter how, no matter how it is. Yeah, yeah. Then I'm like, well, I'm, I'm dying. So I have my head. Yeah, yeah. They get through it. They get smarter and get older with that test. Um, okay, preseason, who you got playing in preseason? Uh, you guys start on the 14th, 15th, or do you have that first week off? Yeah, so the so we're so we're gonna our our league starts at 13th, 14th. We think we play, play this our home opener, I think, is at Ambrose. So preseason, yeah. we're gonna play Edge, uh, the Edge Prep School. We got Lethbridge, Briarcrest, and then we play Olds twice. Oh, so it's a it's a good range. Um, yeah. You get the two very strong teams kind of in the middle of that to see kind of where you are. Uh, Olds, I don't know. I know they just got their coach last week or whatever it was two weeks ago. So yeah. 
we'll see what they what they bring and and uh but once again i think i know you guys have been talking with with um augustana coach there about prep and yeah how much prep they do at university but like just play like we're so young like you can't give them more knowledge because like about other teams because they'll just their brains will melt so it's just a matter of can we get better can we do the stuff that we're supposed to do well more often? And I think if we can do that this year, that will be, and whether that gets wins or losses, it's hard to tell because you can't control their teams. And I think that's part of the win loss thing that sometimes will be like, we left everybody we're playing against is old and old and good. It It's, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. Okay. And I think you guys come up to our house first seniors. November? Yes, November 4th, 5th, I think. We go to Keanu first on the Friday and then play you guys a Saturday. Okay, so your, gonna be- your trip of death gets out of the way early. And yeah. Then, uh, but yeah, we'll get a good look at you guys then. Uh, obviously, seeing how you guys are developing a few weeks into the season. But um, if we don't see you till then from, from Tori and I, hopefully you guys have a safe preseason. Everyone goes well. And, and most of all, we really appreciate you taking the time out of your summer. I know you're a prof. I know you're spending time with the family right now. So we appreciate you hopping on and chatting basketball with us here. Yeah, this is awesome. Thank you guys for doing this. This is great. Okay. Well, we'll let you get back to the family and you have a great day and we'll see you soon. All right. Thanks a lot. Well, Tori, great conversation with Clayton there talking about Medicine Hat, uh, turning over nine players, returning six this year of this young, young core. Uh, sounds like he's got a couple workers. Uh, on that roster, and they're bringing in a bunch of players. Uh, what was the takeaways from our conversation with Clayton? Well, it seems like he's super excited about the athleticism of their roster going into this season, uh, which is awesome for them. I'm expecting them to pick it up, pick up the slack from last season and get a few wins, hopefully, um, coming up this year. But, yeah, it was really interesting to see whether at now compared to when he outlined having older players in his team, he doesn't have that. So right. it was it was cool to kind of see his view on having basically all first and second year team. So with their additions, I'm sure that they will definitely have a better year this year. Yeah, and it's been a while since they had young kids because when he took over the program, there was a lot of girls left over from Jason McLester um, <clears throat> that played for a couple of years. And so those girls were older. They played a year or two for Clayton, and, and he really kind of got them at the end and – you know, sometimes a change of voice helps helps out. Um, so now he's back to this young core and he's got a chance to build again. So anytime you got a young team, I think it's exciting to see where it's going to go. It's kind of like you have a blank canvas. You just, you don't know how it's going to turn out. Yeah, it was really cool to see uh, Clayton trying to recruit locally within Medicine Hat and surrounding areas, which, yeah, is huge for the program and also huge for summer camps and whatnot, be able to get funding through those type of areas. Yeah, no, I think for sure. So... Next week, I think this will be the week that you've been waiting for, Tori. Um, I I don't love doing this, but I am going to let you take the interview. You can interview me about Lakeland Women's. You can ask any question you want. Nothing's off limits. You know, I'm going to answer it honestly. I'm going to give you an hour max so you don't just pin me against the cross here for the whole time. Uh, And hopefully, we will see if he agrees. We'll try to get on Trey Thomas and have a full Lakeland uh, episode here. What do you think about that? Ball is in my court. Can't wait. Do you got got anything listed already that you want to ask me about? I obviously love Lakeland, man. Like, I advocate for Lakeland all the time. I think it's the best college in the league. Obviously, I am very biased, but... Yeah, a bit of a change up last season. Um, went to a from being obviously a 
ACAC gold medal team and bronze medal team at nationals to a 500 team. So, Just hey, you got to go through the ups and the downs. So, I mean, I am ready to fire some questions off at you about last season. That's good. Probably mostly coaching was the problem. But, um, yeah, we will get into it next year. We'll, uh, next episode, we'll do all Lakeland. Tori can fire the questions on the 10 and 10 season that the women's team had and our men's team. You know, they were close. They were real close um, to being in one of those medal games. Uh, they were right there uh, down the stretch. So we'll see what Shrey Thomas has to say about that. Until then, thank you guys for listening. You can find us on Spotify or Apple. You can follow us on Instagram. Um, make sure you like and review. Give us all the likes you can. Shout out to my mom. Big shout out to Jody Dugan for watching every episode and commenting on it. Love your work, mum. Way to go. Yeah, uh, my biggest critic is always love you, Jody. Love that you criticize me all the time. Also, we know that you're commenting under Tori's uh, email account. So just so you know, we know. But until next time. It's not time, me. It's my mum. <laughs> we know. Until next time, uh, everyone take care, stay safe, and we'll be back to talk some more hoops next week.